welcome to Venus Investor June 2020 stars for this month. Now, this month I have called it not to be feared because it really involves the most evilest demon star in the heavens, quote unquote. Now, this is Algol, of course, and for two weeks, uh, 10 days, two weeks, Mercury is actually retrograding and then turning direct, sitting right on our goal. And this is quite unusual for Mercury to sit still for such a long time. It's like Mercury, who is our trickster, and the way we all communicate is kind of sitting there, um, turning around on that spot and wants us to stop, look and listen. This isn't a casual, quick conjunction that Mercury just flies by. Mercury's already passed by this point when it went, came through for its retrograde, and now it's retrograded all the way back to Algol. And Algol um, is, of course, the Medusa head, and here is Mercury sitting there for two weeks. Now, Mercury has been speeding up really fast lately. Mercury has been going through each sign in about 10 days. And this is really unusual because Mercury usually take, can take, you know, um, a whole month in, a, in one sign, but now it's taking 10 days. So Mercury's moving very fast at the moment and unusually fast. But of course, now it's stationed and, re and, and turning direct. It's actually staying still for two weeks and this is unusual. So we do have to take a look at what is going on with Algol and what this means in our life. Um, there are obviously a few malefics in the astrological wheel, but really Algol takes the biscuit, um, having been known as this, um, the evilest star in the heavens, the evilest demon star in the heavens. Um, but always there's layers to this. There's, there's layers. And we have to look at the, the layers beyond this. Now, um, you know, Mercury being the trickster, it kind of really, it isn't really clear what we're looking at here. And of course, right at the moment, we're, there's a lot of things that we're looking at in our current social and political environment that we're not sure what we're really looking at. And a lot of people are disagreeing over this or fixing their ideas to one, one theme. But actually, um, there is it's multi-layered and I think this aspect really highlights that but um, so first of all starting with Algol it does have this this is the quote evilest star in the heavens and its theme is death by decapitation so that means the beheading and um, we don't have beheadings in our current modern era but of course if you lived in um you know in antiquity beheadings were were something that went on in the town square were much more common or i'd say much more common but obviously um it was it did become a spectacle and very high profile people were allowed to be beheaded rather than hung it was only the gentry or somebody who um, had died honorably or had was seen to be honorable that was allowed to be beheaded rather than um to be uh, hung or whatever other ghastly um 
uh, ghastly treatment they were going to give to who to to for their crimes so the beheading was done mostly by lords and and obviously princesses and queens but um so this beheading is also done in a spiritual way that that when the head leaves the body the head is going on and taking um what it knows into a more spiritual dimension whether what it's what it's uh, what it remains in the body is stays on earth to be regenerated and uh, still within the karmic loop so a beheading is also much more princely much more uh, um, has a spiritual law behind it that is um, better than being hung so um, yeah so that that's the beheading but of course we're not really going to be talking here about when we think this is, has a theme of beheading we mean actually that maybe in the corporate world or in um, um, in political life someone is going to get a beheading someone is going to lose their head and not literally it means they're going to be at the top of a bank a political institution um, uh, a corporate entity and and their head they the top of that head is going to be lost so that's what we've got to look out now mercury turns direct on the 2nd and 3rd of June so that's like really squeezing in to um, really that's the focus point but actually because it happens over a two-week period we can actually sort of extend all those kind of who is going to lose their head over this period so that's the first theme we're looking at um, and you know so we can take that in someone's losing their head in 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 the business sense political sense or maybe um, uh, we might be looking at someone, um, um, you know, in, in more in a, a spiritual process, perhaps, if that's what that means to us on a personal level. <clears throat> the second theme, uh, and there are many, but the second theme I think around Algol, Algol is that Algol is, is Medusa. Um, and uh, so Algo is a star in Medusa's hair and of course Medusa was the maiden she was in the temple of Athena and she got raped um, by one of the gods and uh, Athena was jealous Athena was jealous now we get to hear that Athena was jealous but um, we, we don't know there's different stories that one that she uh, um, she, she had, um, I can't remember the name of her, when you're in a temple, um, anyway, so desecration, that was it. So, uh, so if we get told that Medusa was a maiden at Athena's temple and she desecrated the temple by um, enticing one of the gods to sleep with her on the steps of the temple and make a quite a mat racket in doing so. Now, do we believe this? You know, we're told this in, the, you know, in a patriarchal sense that this maiden was the temptress. And of course, all women who um, strayed were evil temptresses back, um, back in the antiquity. Or was she actually raped? And or was he just took a fancy to her as the gods did and raped her. And this is what Athena was jealous for, for. So that there's a complex of who's telling the truth here and what is reality here. But this poor woman who was um, um, a priestess, whichever way it happened, um, she was cursed. And so that's either cursed through no fault of her home, of her own, or cursed because she was a bit of a hussy and a bit careless. So either way, it's not good to be cursed like that and that was a horrendous curse to have to have your um forevermore to have your hair be just full of snakes i mean unbelievable 
unbelievable and very wicked curse. So imagine those kind of curse on a modern day context. We're thinking, how how would I like, you know, the, you know, in antiquity a curse was a very real thing and we don't understand in, in today that when we say things to people they are often um taken that you know the words are the spelling are spells we you know we can manifest things but we can also curse things quite curse people quite readily just by speaking about them so this is kind of what happened to to medusa and of course not just the snake hair if she looked at someone and looked got their eye they would be turned to stone and that was their death so she had to live in the underground and face her herself I mean that that's awful so there's a second theme here of um of a not sure quite sure you're why you're being cursed but being cursed anyway over and above whatever you may have done third theme also is that when Perseus comes along to kill Medusa he, he the only way he can look at her and see where she is in the tem in this underground cavern that she's in is to get use his shield as a mirror so he looks in he holds the shield up in front of him and he can see behind him using it as a mirror so that's another very strong theme here that we have to look in the mirror and not only at at, at what is behind us but look in the mirror at ourselves and see what we might be causing within this um within our life at the at the time what 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 have we brought to ourselves and how what might we see what we've created so that's uh, the mirror inside or the mirror looking back at what what may have happened so that's another strong theme for um this placement which as i say is going to be going on for another uh, another week after the second and the third now the fourth theme so once um once medusa is beheaded um by perseus she then athena takes her head and puts it on her shield and and so this now this shield and when you've seen it on the versace um logo is the big shield with the tongue out and this ghoulish face and it's a it's the most frightening thing in antiquity it's on this shield and the shield is called the Aegis and this Aegis shield is extremely powerful at protecting people so Athena so there's another theme about uh, you know that using um, something quite strident to be protect yourself with and there's um, so, so that it has you know her death has been put to good use um, but also, we, as this protector, this other theme, and this is a quote from antiquity, it turns evil spells back on those that work them. So not only um, are we maybe cursed for the wrong reason, but then if we are cursed, maybe that curse goes back on the person that was trying to inflict it on us. And in this way, we have to therefore be very, we have to be impeccable about what we think about other people so that or we un unwittingly cursing someone by speaking bad about them or um, thinking bad thoughts about them so in a way we have to and use that mirror to go actually I, I have some responsibility here to have better thoughts about people I mean god this is so multi-layered so um, impeccable behavior here because evil it turns evil spells back on those that work them so um just imagine that you don't want any of your thoughts coming back at you and uh, potentially if anyone is thinking bad about you you just hold up that mirror because it's going straight back to them um 
So once she is on the sleigh, the next uh, layer of theming in this is that once she's been slayed, per Athena gives this Aegis wonderful protective shield to Perseus and Perseus is then is duty bound to go and save uh, or, or does he just come across Andromeda on the rocks Andromeda has been tied to the rocks in as a sacrifice for also she was just an innocent maiden um, daughter of the king was tied to the rocks to save their city she had to be sacrificed uh, through no fault of her own and she's tied to the rocks to, in front of the sea dragon and the sea monster Cetus and Perseus comes along with the sword and because he's got this protective sword he's able to save her so in the other theme around Medusa I mean it's so rich keeps coming that the um the original slayed maiden Medusa the slayed maiden turned monster then turns slayer and savior so really, there is a deep healing message within this that often you'll find that healers have something on Algol or even Chiron in Algol. But there is a message here that, you know, that that um, even though you might go through many trials, what you turn up as or how you show up as and, and keep um, being true to yourself, you turn up and you can be the savior. So that's a nice way of ending that quite um, traumatic and very intense set of themes around Medusa. So just remember, this is for two weeks and it's very intense around the second and the third. And then on the sixth, we have Saturn. Saturn is in Aquarius now. So Saturn is there. The Saturn, the we see him as the oppressor, but he also makes us do all the hard work and makes us do the right thing. And Saturn is in Aquarius, potentially pushing down, uh, oppressive, oppressing the people. And he is square to Algol, exactly square to Algol, which, um, you know, the planets, they, they don't do things by halves. So Saturn here um, is actually going retrograde on the 6th of June. So Saturn again he's stationed still and that matches the Algol. So Saturn and Algol together. So as much as we might think oh no I've got a Saturn transit or Saturn's hitting this aspect you know Saturn will make things right. Saturn will go right call it out if the foundations or something are not built correctly Saturn will come along and and see where there's the flaws and correct them and make things good again so when we have Saturn going retrograde at the same time as Mercury about to go forward and they're squaring each other it does make quite a complication that that uh, things may not be as you think yeah you might well who are you in this story are you the Andromeda are you about to be saved are you are you about to be turned into a shield um, but also what happens um, following that is uh, Perseus also uses the shield um, to to um um no he doesn't i'm gonna can we cut this bit out so anyway so the, it, the story goes on and on and who are you the story goes on and on and who are you within this story that actually saturn is going to go here is the flaw in your story and here is what you need to do about it or you keep doing what you need you think you should be doing or or all your chores or your duty and what then comes out is real redemption um, so this is a, um, a, a really nice turn of events that, um, work for 
this algal positioning. So it might seemingly on the surface be quite bad, but actually it really does turn around. Um, so that's for the beginning. But as I say, this sort of extends well into June. So June, we, you know, is intense. It's a psychological camera obscura maze where we've got to work out who we are, what our story is or or what was it underneath um, with a bit of toe curling self-reflection. Because on the 14th, we then get the Sagittarius full moon. And, you know, Sagittarius, they love fun. Um, but really creating, um, it's got the help of Mars working with it. The planet of action, war and sex. Mars is going to be an aspect in this lunation. And it's going to meet with Chiron, the wounded healing. So there's lots of sexual healing on the cards. Um, but, you know, really the, this precise action of Chiron with Mars, it's like, Mars knows your sensitive spot and knows where to lay his blade. And um, so I think this is kind of some of those things can be really blown out of proportion. And it's like this is the deep cut for me and um, but put into a quite a combustible energy. So we really are facing the fire, you know, with all these aspects. We really are going out this some of those things you might think, oh, it doesn't involve me. I'm not in, I'm not included in this. But actually something then comes along, goes, ouch, I am involved. I have to show up. Um, but, you know, with Sagittarius, again, like with Saturn coming along and saying, well, actually, I'm going to put things right in the end. You know, you might feel confused or having to do so much work. The same thing with this Sagittarius full moon. The centaur comes along and wants to go higher, wants to upgrade things. And so with Mars can really place you in the winning seat, even if you had to make some hard sacrifices. So I think, you know, all these quite intense aspects, which are really cutting to the core and going down a few layers into your history, into your deep sensitivities, really have the opportunity to clear something else and, and, and enable you to, to flourish at the end of, of your chores or your hardship. Um, so uh, and also we have a cancer full moon as well. And can the cancer full moon is going to be opposite. This is the cancer full moon is on the 29th. The Sagittarius full moon is on the 14th. But the cancer full moon is going to be bang opposite the USA Pluto return. And that means the sun is on the USA's Pluto return. Um, cancer here wants us to grow some of our empathy and understanding and and take time to 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 feel what we need and uh, look after ourselves. And we need some of that remothering energy, whether it's to ourselves or to someone else, but mostly I think to ourselves, to our adult selves. So it's never been as important because um, Jupiter in Aries is squaring this new moon and it's Jupiter in Aries is like, rah, here, this is what your ego is doing. This is what you're rushing around doing. This is what you've started up. So, you know, this moon is more like, oh, actually I've got to bring this all back to me and look after myself um, a little bit more. So there's, um, uh, you know, a real, um, you know, we're going deep, we're going several layers deep, but in the understanding that there is something to do there and something to bring about. Um, on the 28th, as well, as well as this um, Cancer new moon, which is Cancer is a water sign. Um, we have the Neptune is going retrograde. Neptune, of course, is in in 
um, Pisces. Neptune rules Pisces. They're both extremely watery. Neptune is the place where we get lost. It's it's utter, you know, surrender to being lost. And at some point in that, the magic or mystical qualities will be drawing out and uh, enabling us to be much more creative. And so whilst we're feeling all these sensitive layers and understanding some of our stories from different angles, different perspectives and understanding, bringing new meaning to some of the things we've been working with, suddenly Neptune come, comes along and goes, wow, look at the vision, look what you've created. And um, so, so Neptune is also then also working with... Um, is, is going to be in line with the Mercury and with Saturn. So all these things don't come separately. They all work together. So we have um, the Mercury stationing on our goal. We have the uh, Cancer new moon. We have Mercury, go uh, we have Jupiter squaring the new moon. Uh, oh, the, sorry, 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 start again. So this month, all these things, they don't, they, you can't separate them out. They all kind of work together in this quite intense revelation where you can look into what's your soul story and go, well, you know, if I've worked my hard, done my duty, things are going to be, there's a new vision appearing at the end of this because altogether the, the Mercury Direct uh, works with the Saturn Retrograde, which then um, has an effect then on the Cancer New Moon and um, then also on the Sagittarius full moon, they're all kind of knock knock on effect um, and all in some way aspect each other. So during this June, I, I know I've said that, you know, that the owl goal positioning is going to be the, the most of it because it's so intense and it's so multi-layered and it's kind of an unusual aspect in that Mercury has stationed when it's going so utterly fast it's like turning turning a corner in space that that is so difficult it needs to slow down where normally it would be going at a more even pace it doesn't slow down and speed up all the time it goes at different speeds or um you know in context but actually that is that is kind of the flavors all these other aspects that we are looking at multi a multi-layered june so um just apologies i said it's sagittarius formal on the 14th it's the cancer new moon on the 29th and that's why it's working with the jupiter um as well to kick things off kick off a new understanding of what we need what our soul needs to heal and to repair and to look after ourselves you know we can't be so mean so this is um uh an intense a revealing but also um you know nudges us all in the right direction so i think june um we might be exhausted but by the end of this but july is got some better treats in for us because there are going to be huge opportunities to move ourselves and humanity forward so uh let's listen up um when i come back in with for july stars so thank you for listening this is the venus and vesta astrology podcast and hopefully catch you again on um very soon thank you